You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Sarah Pascoe. Hello, I'm Carrie Ad Lloyd. And we're weird about books. We love to read. We read too much. We talk too much. About the too much that we've read. Which is why we've created the, the Weirdos, Weirdos Book Club. Club. Join us. A space for the lonely outsider to feel accepted and appreciated. A place for the person who'd love to be in a real book club, but doesn't like wine or nibbles. Or being around other people. Is that you? Join us. Check out our Instagram at Sarah and Carrie Ads Weirdos Book Club for the upcoming books we're going to be discussing. You can read along and share your opinions. Or just skulk around in your raincoat like the weirdo you are. Thank, Thank you for reading with us. We, we like reading with you. Welcome to Weirdos, Sarah and Carrie Ads Weirdos Book Club. I hope you had a nice Christmas. Yeah, I hope it was full of reading and books and just really civilised, cultured conversation with your family. <laughs> It starts with a heavy breathing of it's, my feeding ten week yeah, old. It's yeah, not, it's not us heavy breathing at you. Heavy Christmas. Heavy Christmas, did you like your books? Milky, wasn't it? You hopefully have listened to our Christmas gift guide that came out last week. Um, and this week, what we're going to do is our best of the books that we wanted to share with you, but we didn't have time to, and the books that we wanted to read and we didn't have time to. Oh, yes. 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 Um, uh, ambitious readers. Ambitious readers. Every, everyone who loves books has a to-read pile. Mine is going to kill me. It's so high on my bedside table. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah. it's towering over. It's it's taller than the bedside lamp now. You've got loads. And then, and then I've, I've, I've almost like burying them. Yeah. I, Very, hiding them and sort of sort of forgetting they're there so I can keep book shopping. Yeah, because you want to do... I, I, I can't do any more book shopping while it exists. And also while we have this podcast, I just feel like I have constant homework. Whereas so. I've gone, brilliant, tax deductible. If they dare question me about my book buying, I'll show them to this podcast and go, it's called research tax, Sarah ma'am. started a book podcast so she could buy books. Yeah, so I can legitimise. So there are quite a few books that we wanted to kind of talk about or we didn't have the right guest. Or that just don't fit with Weirdo's don't Book fit, Club. Don't fit, yeah. Because the Weirdo's Book Club is supposed to be about sort of outsiders and feeling more normal and well one of those books I think we should talk about is the brilliant Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow by Gabrielle Zevin which I think we will do at some point I hope we will do yeah that if you haven't read that oh so good surely everyone's read it not everyone yeah. has yeah I think so I know I know you I know you're in the elite readers society <laughs> of people who've like if it was a bestseller um, yeah, it's very, very popular. It so Lots popular. of the shops made it sort of their book of the year. Or one and of it was one of those year. books that I avoided for a bit because I thought, oh, everyone's going on about it. And then when I read it, I was like, rightly so. Yeah. So good. It's about friendship. 
It's about computer games, which put off one of my weedy friends. Yeah, and me, originally. Yeah, who was like, oh, it's not for me. And I was like, no, no, mm. you don't have to be into computer games. No. It's about friendship. And it actually makes you more into computer games and yeah. or appreciate the beauty of what computer games offer people, especially yeah. story games. Yeah. A place like, to exist. It's just like connection. Yeah. And I think it's, for me, it's a really amazing book about working with your friends. Mm. And, and how difficult that is to work with your friends. Oh, okay. <laughs> Not no, just a no. celebration of working no. with your friends, but like the, the, how awful it no. is when your friend's there. <laughs> like the joy of it and the tension of it yeah. and what it means to work with people that you, they're not just colleagues that you both, like, that yes. you love. But yeah. I definitely shout out to that one. Yeah. Is there one you want to say that you, that we didn't cover, that you hoped we did? I've sort of gone, so the, the book I've most recently, the one I finished last yeah. night, oh, yes. was Doppelgangers by Naomi Klein. This so I kept amazing. bringing it yeah. up. So she was published the same week as Weirdo came out. So I was very aware of all of the books because I was like, you know, reading press and stuff. Yeah. And um, I read a long review of it, probably in The Guardian or The Observer. And um, it just sounded so fascinating. And it's about her fascination with Naomi Wolf, but they kept being confused. Yeah. And Naomi Wolf. Um, had what she calls a sort of diagonal move from being sort of liberal on the left to becoming not just right wing, but, you know, a conspiracy theorist, anti-vaxxer on Steve Bannon's podcast all the time. And so actually it's it's an area of politics I've not paid any attention to because I find it strange and upsetting. But so it's really interesting as an insight into that. And then the very last chapter, so she's obsessed with doppelgangers in general. And um, so like Philip Roth wrote a book about mm. um, having a doppelganger to, to himself. And so she's done so much research because she's so fascinated in the idea of it. It's really, the whole book is fascinating, actually. And, it, and, you know, sometimes, especially when you're lonely with children and what you feel really starved of is conversation, there are books, non-fiction books like Doppelgangers by Naomi Klein that feel like a really fascinating conversation with lots yeah. of like facets. And rather than b- being dogmatic about certain views, she really sort of pulls herself up or then goes, oh, I learned this during COVID. Mm. Her husband... Um, is a politician and she she was really shocked by what she found which essentially was like wellness you know yoga teachers all these mm. people she thought would be on their side mm. who were the exact opposite yeah and it's, and and that, and that area of the thing that Slippery happened in COVID, slide. Yeah. yeah but it's the most in-depth i've thought about something that i've sort of seen going on in my peripheral vision yeah oh that sounds amazing it's really good yeah i want to borrow that one yeah now you finish with it Another one we both read, which I don't know if it actually came out this year, was Sally Rooney's Beautiful World, Where Are You? Mm. I think it came out in paperback because I read it this year, but you, I think you'd read it when it first came out. Yeah, I was excited for the Rooney. I, yeah, I'm I very, kindled it. I'm very basic. I'm very excited <laughs> for a Sally Rooney. I'm, I'm, so this is interesting because we've read all of Sally. Sally's she yes. is to us. Yeah. And, and actually, because we'll probably grow old with her. Yes. We'll probably always be like that. Oh, it's like being alive at Mantel when she's just first publishing. Yeah. Oh, I'm just happy like read that. them at the time. Yeah. Yeah, because Mantel's, she's carked it. So. We'll like the grandmother who's read all of Iris Murdoch. Oh, kind of thing. God, I can't yeah. wait for that. Yes. Oh, let me tell you. But oh, you've just discovered Miss Rooney. Oh, I, I assume you've read conversations with friends. Otherwise, Before, I do not wish yeah. to have this conversation with you. Before books were holograms. <laughs> but they were just written down. Before AI. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sally used to write herself. Um, yeah. I had, so I love Sally Rooney. And I do. I, and I know lots of people who are very, either like us, mega fans, or so snobby about her. I think it's the flea bag effect. Yeah. I think she was so popular that people think they're interesting to be instantly critical. Not that no anyone is above criticism. It happens so quickly. Yeah. Because it's like, Pushback. conversation with friends, amazing. And yeah. then um, normal people, yeah. 
obviously stratospheric. Stratospheric. And then the TV show during lockdown, stratospheric. Yeah. And then suddenly I just saw this hot take being like, she's not that good. And well, I was Will like, Self oh, had what? a very early hot take. Oh, Do you Will remember Self. Will Self and his son sort of pointed out how jealous he was. Did you remember this on no, Twitter? No, no. This was the fun side of it. Oh, was the- that Will Self was snobby. No, that's not a headline. <laughs> and his son basically said that he was jealous. Oh. But sort of, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, to him. be that good a writer and that commercially successful, that's what but, everybody's but also aiming she's for. A, she's a young yeah. woman. Yeah. yeah. And so when this one came out, I saw lots of people being like, oh, her, it's not very good. And it's about her being so successful and it's really hard to relate to. So I didn't run to it. Oh, yeah. I bought it on Kindle. Whereas I saw Hard to Be Successful. She's written this for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um, both of us then sort of had to like privately admit to each other that we liked it. I really liked it. I really I, liked um, it too. I understand. I didn't like it as much as the others, I'd I, say. I understand why. And I also understand that that will happen with some books. Is that if you absolutely love one thing for what it gives you and then the author gives you something else at a different pace... I, f- I thought that this book had a lot of polemic in it, that there were, yeah, there were yeah. messages between the characters which felt like Sally Rooney not exploring how a character behaves, but what they think about, what concerns them. It definitely felt like you were getting Sally Rooney's take on stuff as well. Yeah, some thoughts. Also, how people keep creating things when they've been so popular that mm. it makes it difficult. And to be really popular, the other side of that is you become so criticised. Yeah. You become... And isolated. A character's completely isolated. Yeah. But I thought what... Because I get it, like the the main character is this like well globally successful author. <laughs> it's like oh, what an everyday character. But men do that all the time. Yeah, and also I male novelists write so many books about male novelists. But I think she was quite critical of that life, and she was quite like she dealt with like the isolation and the sadness. Like I felt like she gave a very nuanced view. It wasn't like ha ha, here's me with all my money and my books. Fuck you guys. It was like that character that's novel four. That's novel four. <laughs> she just becomes a rapper. <laughs> She's just, dancing. World. She's just dancing on a Bentley, Where are you? flicking money at yeah. everyone. Um, I, I, yeah, I felt like you, if you could get past that character's success, there was a very interesting book. But I can understand that that initial like, oh my god, it's like someone moaning, moaning about their diamond shoes. Like, yeah. But I thought people were overly harsh on it. Definitely, I think they were really ready to go. Not this one. Not for me. Yeah. That yeah. Kind of thing. I had watched this lovely conversation um, near where I live. There's a very, very small coffee shop that sells wine in the afternoon. Oh. And there was a woman. <laughs> Mother's dream. <laughs> there's a woman slightly younger than me, probably 10 years younger than me, come on. And uh, <laughs> she was reading Sally Rooney, yeah. this book, with a glass of wine. Oh. So obviously, I mean, just what a great what life a decision. great life decision. Like, and, it's, and it's a horrible, like, there's nothing to look at. There's a train station and a busy road. So it's not like <laughs> oh, she, I know that one. Yeah. yeah. And then this man had done that thing, an older man of like, oh, what you're reading. Oh, God. Fuck off, man. Fuck but off. she didn't say that because she was sort of like a couple of sips into her wine. Maybe she's just a nicer person than me. And she said to him, I'm reading the new Rooney. My boyfriend won't let me read it in the house. He hates her. But what she said was, he hates her and he's not read any. So I oh, come out to read it and I dump thought, him. I just love everything about this woman. Yes, but also one day she'll realise she needs to dump that man. Yeah. Sometimes people's relationships are based on being very different to each other. No, Sarah. The he, idea he doesn't, he's banning you from reading a woman's book. It sounded the- like she was exaggerating. Like, Joking and exaggerating. Mm, I'm, I think he's. Bad. Okay, <laughs> you've made my fun story really dark. Oh yeah, that's I don't what think I do. It's a coercive relationship where she has to hide her reading. I habits. make things seem worse than they are. That's my vibe, <laughs> and that's why it's hard to work with your friends. <laughs> I feel, and this happens with actresses as well, of like, oh, she's shit, she's rubbish, and I just mm. feel like women who are similar age to you, who are doing really well, brilliant. It's brilliant. It's amazing that that exists. We there, there yeah. was a time. When it did not exist. Yeah, and, or they had to call themselves 
Mr. Boobs. <laughs> that is not a good pseudonym. Mr. Boobs. Mr. Camberwell, this is a real beard. Um, you sound a bit ladylike. <laughs> no, no. And the book's about motherhood, but uh, oh, this skirt, a... no, hiding my huge penis. <laughs> Please publish me. CJ Boobs. <laughs> um, we like that one. Another one we both read. Hmm? The List. Yeah, Superstar. By Yummy, Superstar Attica Publishing. Mm. I mean, Global, another Global success. We were lucky because we were sent it early. So you got a little, um, yeah. little um, amuse-bouche, a little cake with it. I love that one. French Fancy. Oh, I didn't get the French Fancy. Oh, no, it's not a French Fancy. I'm trying to think of the word. You get more. Not you get sent better things. No. You do. No. And it came with a little, it's the one you like, you know, with it's two halves and in between. Macaron. A macaron. I didn't get sent a macaron. Yeah. It's like, it's like a wedding invitation. Oh. It was, anyway. If you haven't read it, I think that's a really good Christmas read because it's just a great page great turner, Christmas great read. characters. It's also a good one to talk to your friends about. It's and a it's a good one book. to lend, like I lent that one to my mum as well. Oh, lovely. And she was really like, a lot of conversations about like the internet and Instagram mm. and what does it mean when people are successful? How and do we know them? great when the story is great and sort of like you know, a great yarn for itself. But I actually think the same with the Rooney one. Yeah, But, same. but brings up lots of stuff that's going on currently. Yeah. yeah, very current. And again, if you're starved of conversation and social things like I am, or have been this year in particular, it's a book that feels like hanging out with friends. I have visited you. <laughs> it's not that, it's not that I haven't seen anyone. Oh, no, but you know that thing where you I go, do, do. it's been eight days since you've had like, any... Com- one week since I looked at you. Yeah, Sorry. exactly. Um, I, I would yeah. definitely recommend that one. And is it out? No, I don't know if it's out on paperback yet. Soon. I'm Soon. Sure. It's got a nice purple cover with the emoji sh emoji. Yeah. And it's basically about a, an Instagram couple and something happens that reveals yeah, something about, about them. Yeah, and it's about call out culture. Yeah. And, and you do read it. I had read it quite sick feeling in your stomach of like, oh God, what's going to happen now? What's going to happen? What's going to happen? But, 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 and it's based on something that's true, which is that yeah. people can say things on the internet and they're believed. Yeah. And sometimes those things are really true and that's really important. Yeah. And other times it's... God, it's so dangerous yeah. now. So I would definitely trial that one. by social media. Anyway, yeah. Brilliant. One from your list that we didn't get to talk about that yeah. I haven't read. Um, so did you read Demon Copperhead by Barbara <gasps> King Solver? Now, my excuse is my mum read it. She said to me, it's amazing. She gave me the hardback copy. Yeah. It's it's a mantel. It's to break your wrist. So I it's haven't big, yeah. read it because it's been too heavy to carry around. Yeah. And too heavy at night time to hold. Yeah. <laughs> so I should put it on the Kindle. So it's and then uh, you said it made you cry. Well, it made me cry a lot. Yeah. I read it, but it's the first book I read after I had Albie. So not good choice for first. So she she just won the women's prize and uh, this wonderful thing because she's <laughs> published by Faber. First of all, I had been I had been put off because I thought because it's based a little bit on um, David Copperfield. David Copperfield, yeah. You know, sometimes there'll be like things where they'll get six writers to write their new inventive oh, yeah, versions, yeah, yeah, and yeah. they feel a bit pot boilery. Yeah, yeah. Of it, that isn't what this is. No, it's inspired by it, isn't it? Inspired by it, but it's a book about modern America, poverty in America, drugs in America, lots of, again, th- a world that I don't feel familiar with. Barbara Kingsolver is such an incredible writer. She's amazing. I Shout yeah. out to her earlier, The Poisonwood Bible, yes. which I read when I'm like 21, which is such a good book. Such a good She's, book. She writes well, I amazing loved, books. I loved The Lacuna, which oh, is the one yes, about yeah. um, the Carlos and... Um, Trotsky and damn good writer and this one's set near where she lives um, in the mountains and she had been offered the woman's prize previously but she couldn't get childcare and so she didn't get to win it 
and that's what she said. She, she gave a lecture at the Women's Prize about childcare and writing. And so that's what spoke so wow. truly to my heart. So I was like, oh, I must read it immediately. Okay. Had a baby, started reading it, and was absolutely in floods of tears. And I kept, you know, in Friends where they're like, put the book in the freezer. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. at that stage of like, oh, get it away from me, get it away from me. But I needed to find out what happened. And again, that thing of being... You, make I, me want to you know, you know, because it's great expectations. You know, it's going to end up okay yeah. at the end. At least that's the one thing you know from the fact that it's Dickens. Should he hopefully gives you redemption? Yeah, but I, I kept. You know, no, not it's not something else. It's something <laughs> else. I'm not this. Please, no. Um, but it's absolutely fantastic. Oh, yeah. okay. And it's one of those books that and it's feels, now, feels real. And it's now out in paperback. Yes. And I, I've been if you if you're weak wristed, I like am weak wristed. That's why yeah. Mirror in the Light on the mm-hmm. Kindle Mate. Yeah. And I read well, it. I once had a yoga class. Yes. And the teacher said women always complain they have weak wrists which is why it's feminist to strengthen them and she had this oh, whole thing about okay. like, oh they're so weak she's like make them strong then like, your hands are so important and since then I really do do my downward dogs going yeah come on <laughs> I do so many downward dogs but when it's a full demon cobbler like to try and lean in the bed and hold the book tell you what I do I pile the duvet up and the duvet supports the book that is hilarious <laughs> I'm going to get you a breastfeeding pillow so you can hold up hardbacks <laughs> but it's such a big one I don't, think, I don't think it's excessively big. I think you've got the paperback. I haven't. I've got you, the hardback. No, you've got the paperback. I'm going to send you a picture when I get home of the hardback. Um, one from my list. This is an author that I've been mentioning a lot. I mm-hmm. mentioned her last week as well. But just to shout out again <laughs> to Shirley Hazard. Yeah. Sarah rolled her eyes. No, I, didn't. I, was, I was thinking... The estate are going to have to start sending you money. I want the rest uh, of her books. They'll be like, Hash, Hazard back in the bestseller list. <laughs> <laughs> Just if you haven't read any, Bay of Noon. And I only discovered her this year. That's why I'm banging on about this yeah. year. And I've started reading Bay of Noon. And awfully it, it is, is on dense. that to read. It is and it wasn't because of that reason. I don't know what it was. Probably not too heavy. It's probably too small for my wrist. Too small for your wrist because you like a strong <laughs> 17 kg. <laughs> That's what she's lifting. Um, yeah. Bay of Noon and Transit of Venus are the two really famous ones. And the reason I'm banging on about her is she is one of the 20th century's greatest writers. She was friends with Graham Greene. She had this incredible life. She, I think she's very similar writing mm. to Graham Greene. And I had never heard of her till this year. Oh, okay. And so that's, so that's why important. I'm banging on. I'm outraged. I read Bay of Noon, which took her 20 years to write and won this huge yes. prize. And then I was like, why is no one ever, why yeah. do I not know her? Yeah. And she's having a bit of resurgence. I've seen other people mm. talking about her. But if you want a kind of 20th century classic, like really good juicy writing like <coughs> up there with graham green in that kind of i love graham green yeah so she's a female graham we should green. Do graham green as well we haven't done enough men in our podcast so far they've had enough time but i would love to do graham green i'd love to do the end of the affair if we do hazard and then we do graham green You've, yeah i mean she was she was such good friends with green in the way that everyone sort of hints that something was going they were, on they were bonking I've, i think they might have been and well, um, if they were both like oh i'm a good writer you're a good writer let's kiss i'm into it <laughs> But what I like is it's like that level of writing, but you're getting from a woman's perspective. It's so interesting. Yeah. And Bay of Noon is like, again, one of those books that get like, it doesn't seem to be about very much. Like when you try and explain to someone hmm. what the plot is, you're like, oh, it's just this woman and she's there. And and a lot of it's based on real events as well. So like she, you know, she was working for the UN from like 18 and she was in Naples and she was um, working for all these people. So the detail was really interesting, but just... Her sentences. Her sent. I was reading aloud. Her sent. I was stopping mm. people being like, "You have to hear this." Yeah, I love that. Yeah. So that's my that. shout out to. That's really Noon, okay. Hazard. We're definitely going to do a hazard. Yeah, yeah. Because otherwise, like, maybe for your birthday. Maybe oh, a birthday episode. Yeah. Thank you. Um, can I talk about my on-screen dad, Adrian yeah, Nicholson? Because he released a book 
just a few months ago called Berserker. And I think this is one that would be such a good Christmas present or if you're oh, buying yeah, with vouchers. Yeah. Because whether that you're someone in your life or you are a comedy fan or just a fan of good writing, it's such a, it's a vulnerable book and it's really funny and it's gossipy. And he's obviously a comedy legend. Genius. And so, but he's... It's one of the most interesting books I've read about success because it's about wanting to do something other than what you're doing mm. that's working well. It's so fascinating in terms of like writing a show, writing a successful show, and then working again with a friend. Yeah, yeah. And then losing your friend. Like, Aww. so is, there's just so many elements of it that are that's really stay with you. So it is a biography. Kind it of is a biography. Yeah, yeah, autobiography and a story of his career. And he's really, it really feels like he is telling you the truth. This is Adrian Edmondson, Berserker. Yeah, really fantastic. Yeah, I'd like to read that. It's the, you'd, lo- you'd love it. The cover's funny. It's really funny. It's a good cover. Yeah. It's a good, because Harbour comedy covers. It don't be too funny. Yeah, do you remember? Tina Fey still wins me for the best one. Don't you remember hers? Because Alec, Baldwin, Alec Baldwin's arms. Oh, is it Alec Baldwin's yeah, arms? I'm sure it's Alec Baldwin. Oh, really? And then her face. Oh, I always thought that's oh, that's a really good comedy cover. That is a really good one. It's not Normally so they funny. make you pose with dogs or something. Yeah. Or like surround. Normally it's surrounded by something, isn't it? Like yeah. flowers or or like you've fallen into something. And you just see the head poking up. <laughs> oh, yeah. Isn't yeah, that's, that, isn't that's it? quite a common. Yeah. Because it's like, that's funny and yeah. nice to look at. Whereas um, for comedy posters, it's always taken from above, like you've got a big head and a little body, like a microphone. <laughs> and an itchy head. Or scratching your own head. Scratch like, your head. Uh-huh. How do I write a whole book? How do I remember, <laughs> how do I do that? How do I remember all my jokes? Mm-hmm. I'll guess I'm funny. Um, <laughs> I would like to read that one. That looks really good. Yeah. But um, you don't want to read my next one, which is Ian McEwan Lessons. <sighs> we talked about this last week. I, think it's such I a do. Fantastic. I'm just my bad. Step-mom, my stepmom. I told her about how I thought it was the best thing I'd read this year. Oh, yes, you said that. And then she bought it, read it, half of it on the plane home. And I was thinking she's going to hate this book. And she really, really loved it and found it very readable. I'm I'm afraid that Ian McEwan is going to listen to this and yeah. be like, what's your fucking problem, Cariad? I just didn't like on Chaswell Beach. Okay, Ian, if you are listening, please come on, be a guest. <laughs> I, if you come on, I'll read your book. I, when I, I remember starting at Sussex and then finding out Ian McEwan went there, and I, I didn't felt, even know I felt that. fizzy with it. Like, oh God, <gasps> Ian McEwan. It's because I was into the cement garden. <laughs> You know, sometimes people say they're nice, but you've had one. You had this with one of. Um, yeah, I'm quite bad. George George Eliot's books. No, I love George Eliot. Silas Marner. Oh fuck, Silas Marner. There we go. Fuck that book. There we go. But I did it for GCSE. That, that nearly put you off reading. Anyone who's out there who's read Silas Marner will agree with me. It's one of the worst books in history. It's awful. There was someone who's just started it. Oh, it's so bad. Folded over the page to listen to a podcast. It's so bad. Look, George Eliot's amazing, but that is not a good book. For GCSE students. Yeah. Um, maybe I should reread it, but it's so moral moralistic and turgid and yes. slow. Yeah. My ADHD brain was well, not Ian happy. Well, Ian McEwan isn't those things. And Lessons is about a woman who g- gives up motherhood to w- write. You know, when there's a writing, it feels... Oh, how do I explain this? Like, when you read it, you feel like they're, tell- like they're telling someone else. They're not talking to you. Mm. It's like there's such a distance in his writing. And I always feel like I'm in another room trying to eavesdrop. And I'm like, what's it? Whereas Mantel, I feel like Mantel's whispering to me. Uh, but I, th- I think with this one, you will feel like you're in the room. All right. I shouldn't be convinced. Like, Chesil Beach, I shouldn't yeah. judge one per- one author by one yeah. book. I'm like the anti-Sally Rooney's. Yeah. I've, I've okay, I really hope book. this book... It doesn't make you have to change your mind on Chisel Beach, but it might yep. change your mind about... Ian McEwan okay. and his abilities as a masterful author. I 
I want to shout out to a book that, again, we were hoping to cover and it just hasn't happened, but it recently won a prize, the Polari Prize, which is The Whale Tattoo by John Ransom. I have interviewed John for Griefcast. But the reason I want to shout out The Whale Tattoo is it a book that I would not have picked up had it not been sent to me for Griefcast. So this amazing uh, book PR lady emailed me who had sent me another really good guest and she was like, oh, I've got this guy, John Ransom. His book's amazing. And she just kept selling it to me. She was very good at her job. Mm. And the book came and... If I describe, like, it's sort of set in Norfolk. It's about a gay guy whose mum has died and he thinks a whale is talking to him. Now, that's hard to sell. <laughs> and it's a lot of gay sex. There's a oh, lot. Yeah. Like, that was the... Sh- I was like, whoa! Did not yes. expect that, like, yeah. graphic. Um, but it's such a beautiful book. And it's about growing up and love and not knowing who you are. And he is a genuine working class queer voice that you know is not very common Mm. in the book scene and it it said it just recently won the polari prize and um it was really interesting because i was i interviewed him what is the polari prize oh it's an annual uk literary prize for lgbtq plus literature amazing as in you know polari is the the language that was spoken in the 50s i didn't know oh polari is oh oh, that's why stupid are you Polari. Oh, yeah, Polari. I've never heard of it. Uh, it. So it's a language that they invented in the 50s and Kenneth Williams used to use it on Radio 4. So they have certain words that only gay men would know. Okay, it's a Radio 4 thing. No, no, it's not a Radio okay. 4 thing. It's absolutely like a queer yes. community okay, thing. Wow, okay. But it was very shocking. So Kenneth Williams, okay. so they used to have a whole language. So that meant because it was illegal to be gay. Oh, so right, two yeah. men could have a conversation in the street mm. about we're going to go and have sex and mm. they wouldn't be arrested. So okay. it was a really important subversive language yeah. that was needed at the time. Wow. And so when Kenneth Williams would use words on Radio 4, yes. no one know. So gay men listening would be like, oh my God, yes. he's using our language. So it's like very... Yeah. So that's why the Polari, it's called the Polari Prize. Yeah. And the whale tattoo one. Yeah. I've summed those things up very quickly, so apologies. I know, but it's really enthusiastically. Yeah, it's but a really it, important yeah. And he's got a new book coming out called Gallopers, which I haven't read, but I'd love to read. And I just, yeah, I interviewed him at Hay, but I said to him, oh, yes, gosh, they get the, there's a lot of graphic gay sex. Mm. And then a gay man in the audience was like, yeah, and I really appreciate that. And John said this really sweet thing, which I love. He was like, oh, when I was younger, I used to have to go to the car boot sale to get books because mm. there was no library and I didn't have any money. And I would, he said, some books would promise gay sex mm. and that like the cover would be like oh this is going to be good and it wouldn't deliver so he was like I actively wanted this book for gay men to be like no no there's going to be gay sex in it awesome. and this man in the audience was like yes thank you because that's otherwise yes. you're sidestepping it yeah. and I was like oh I see <laughs> he was like it's very frustrating to get a book that had like a half naked man on the cover yeah. you think oh this is going to be mm. I'm going to get some experience here that will relate to me and then it didn't happen that's I was amazing like, yeah I was like oh would never have occurred it's to me. It's happening more in stand-up as well, uh, where sort of bi and queer people, mm-hmm. you know, doing routines about their sexual experience yeah. more graphically. And yeah. it is just representation being heard and less boring, mm. sort of hearing things that you don't know about yeah. if, they, if it's not representing you. But, uh, yeah, and I just, I just caveat with, like, it is quite graphic. But then there's also all this, like, beautiful, heartfelt sadness with this man who like is his life is just so sad but it is it's a really brilliant book i loved it even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'm going to shout out some really great books that I read. <laughs> okay. Um, Should we do a quick fire shout out? I'm going to do a quick fire shout out. So Booth by Karen Joy Fowler. Karen Joy Fowler is amazing. So she wrote that. We are all completely beside ourselves. Oh, yes. You've probably heard that. of, which is just amazing. And I can't say anything because of spoilers and stuff, but it's just really fantastic. Booth is about the, the Booth family. John Wilkes Booth was one of the uh, Booths. Yeah. It's a, an area of history I don't know very much about. Again, incredibly researched, but more importantly, an amazing book. An amazing book about acting, oh, actually. It's a family of actors. That. So good. Um, and The Mysterious Case of Apperton Angels. Janice Hallett, I've read all of her books. They're all incredible page turners with sort of mysteries inside them. You can't sort of work out what's going to happen and twists, twists and um, red herrings. It's really fantastic. And then Curtis Sittenfield, romantic comedy. Haven't read that one. I've read a lot of Curtis Sittenfield. I love her writing. Romantic comedy, I read, it's a really good aeroplane book. It's yeah, so readable. I've heard lots of people say it's and, brilliant. And um, if you like comedy or are interested in Saturday Night Live or those mm. kind of shows, it's, it's quite, it's quite, I mean, it's, that's it's good because everyone who's recommended it has not been a comedian and I was worried that oh. if you read it and you were in comedy no, it you'd reminded find it me a annoying. little bit of 30 Rock in that yeah, okay. what they're showing about the writing process and the hours at those shows oh, okay. and Curtis Sittenfield essentially wanted to write a show she'd seen so many people who'd hosted Saturday Night Live and ended up so beautiful women ending up with the male writers and she yeah. just wanted to show that it could it, well explore in her writing if it could work the other way around where you don't have a that, not that attractive woman who's very funny yeah, and a good yeah. writer dating Harry Styles type wow, okay. and so it's good fun another one you want to do a quick chat well I've got two that are non-fiction yeah. that are maybe less quick fire but Matricence by Lucy Jones oh I really I, want to read this it's, I, I'd really recommend it to anyone who is pregnant or has been pregnant and um, that is not to say that if you haven't or are never going to be you wouldn't be interested in it I just think actually I think partners of pregnant people might mm. find it really yeah, yeah. interesting as well it's so beautiful it's so beautiful about creation and parenthood and then there were things in there that did genuinely make me feel better after having Theodore I felt so like my career was over mm. I mean I felt, felt leaving the house was over yeah. because I felt so responsible for him and so reading about the science of what is happening to your body to become responsible for another human being basically feeling that things weren't my fault that there was yeah. biology at stake and that biology would yeah. proceed over time there were just lots of things that I felt very I needed science to help me. Yeah, yeah. Because, and um, so, so that one's brilliant. And then the other side of things, The Baby on the Fire Escape by Julie Phillips is about female artists and parenthood. Yes, that looks really good. And um, and that one gave me a huge reading list, but it gave me so many authors I hadn't read, so densely well-researched. And it's all, it's such a good accompaniment, actually, to Matricence. Or those mm. two like really hefty books, and again, felt like really knowledgeable friends giving you snippets and advice and... 
no, not advice in that, not in a self-helpy way, but by talking about other women's experience, feeling like you belong somewhere mm. on a spectrum, which is, do you abandon your children to do some work or do you, how do you find, how do you be all right with the compromises? Yeah, I really want to read that. Yeah. Mattresses and the other one. They both sound great. I want to shout out to, shout out to Fight Night by Miriam Toys. Toys? Yeah. I've started that one as well. Oh, she got me that one. I love that. Oh, yeah. I did buy you that one. I'm going to finish it. I'm going to finish both of them. That's good because I didn't buy you that again. <laughs> that would have been so funny. Maybe I buy a fight note. No, no, when you said that, that would have been so passive aggressive. Like, like mm-hmm. that time you read it. Yeah. Um, you bought it for my birthday. Yeah. She wrote that one, Women Talking, that became a film that did very, very well. Oh, gosh. Is that her book? Yeah. Oh, wow. And okay. then. Because she went there and spoke to the people. Yeah. yeah. And then, but Fight Night is not about that at all, but it's written in the voice of a sort of mad very energetic 13 year old and when I started it I was like oh, I can't I can't read this this mm. is madness because they're so full on and then suddenly you know you just switch into their brain and it's just all from the perspective of that 13 year old and it's just watching a teenager understand and not understand adults so sometimes she's like heartbreakingly mm. perceptive and other times she isn't and it's just like oh god but I, it's a really really good read and um another one we mentioned briefly a delicious life oh yeah, i've got that by one nell well. stevens which um is we'll about, do that on the podcast yeah hopefully we'll do so get reading now uh, about george sand going to mallorca with chopin her boyfriend which I didn't know that they had dated. I didn't know she took all her children to Mallorca um, in the middle of winter. She sounds and dresses a man and smokes cigars and pissed off the entire Mallorcan mm. population. <laughs> she sounds absolutely brilliant slash insane. And Chopin, Chopin, Chopin was uh, mm. also mad and their relationship was deeply, deeply intense. But it's a really, it's like a good book in kind of learning about history, but from ca- like from characters because yes. there's also a ghost involved who's sort of watching them. But yeah, it, it's really good. Yeah, that is how I like learning about history when it's mm. not very factual. Yeah, <laughs> when it's sort of like intuitive. Yeah, and a little shout out for short stories. This one's called "A Woman Went Mad in the Supermarket" by Hilma Wolitzer, and she is like in her nineties now. She was also on the Griefcast. Um, and a woman went mad in the supermarket. It was published like in the sixties, and so then she, she had kids, and it was hard to write. But she there's a she's recently written another short story about her husband dying during COVID, and it's a collection of her work. Mm. And she's one of those people who's kind of been lost. Was a brilliant writer. Was written, like, like mm. writing for loads of magazines, and I interviewed her, and she was just absolutely fascinating, and was really like surprised that people still reading her work. And her daughters had kind of been like, "No, you should write it. Like, go back after her husband yeah. had died of her, you know." They've been together like years and years and years. Um, and I, yeah, again, it's griefy, but not too griefy. And the the first short story is absolute, like, you know, nine, late 60s housewife brilliance of just this woman just losing her mind. I really think um, we should put something up, which is your scale of grief books, because so often people want to oh, buy yeah. books that people who are grieving at all different points of grief. I have a grief library. Like I oh, have, you do have one. Well, as in like at home, I've but, got but this. I think, I think you should share that with people. Yeah, that's what I mean. So I could give you from scale one of like, there is death in yes. this, but it's not depressing, yeah. to like 10, like this yeah. is, and also you're going to bore your eyes out from points of like, end. okay, someone's really raw, yes. but they still want something to read, they could read this. Or, you know, it's a few years on. Yeah. It's, it's a... It's a Okay, we can yeah. do a little grief yeah. roundup. I'm happy to do that. Should. I think Probably top number. I think top recommendation would be "You Are Not Alone" by Carrie Lloyd. I think that's a 
I think that's just a really good entry point for okay, Greek books. Okay, the fact that you've done that really undermines the authenticity <laughs> of the recommendations. Oh, God. <laughs> I am sponsored by Caradoid. I should say that. I should say that. Yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> just for our listeners. Just for our listeners. Um, I reread Orcs and Crake. I've Orcs never read Crake. that. Have you not read no. it? No. Okay, so that's part of a trilogy. It's the, oh, that's all right. She's written a lot. Actually, a lot more than you think. Yeah. Um, so it's part of the Mad Adam trilogy, and I'm researching for a play that's dystopian, future so I've been reading loads of dystopian ones and Oryx and Crake completely forgot what it was about oh. so I've read that one and then halfway through the year of the flood which is the next one okay but that's really good yeah that yeah. sounds for good people who like Handmaid's Tale and then think oh, oh it's yeah 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 it's a different kind of futuristic thing um Louise Erdick The Sentence is one of the most amazing books I've read this year it really really it's about a bookshop it's about a ghost and it's about um indigenous American people oh sort of coexisting with Middle class white people. Uh, really amazing. I read Ordinary People by Diana Evans as well, yeah. which I'd also really recommend. Oh, I'm slightly worried I'm thinking of the wrong book. I was about to say what it's about. You know, well, look it up. Like, well, I'm I, just check. One of the books I read that was recommended by one of our guests on the podcast, um, Eliza Clark recommended Savage Appetites oh, yes. by Rachel Monroe. And I read that and I absolutely loved it. It's one of those books that's quite hard to get hold of unless you go to Amazon and find a sort of... I think it's out of print. But it's really fantastic. People who like true crime Okay. or feel complex feelings about their consumption of true crime and crime ordinary people by diana evans is the one i'm thinking of is um set in south london in 2008 and it's about like two couples and it's a very good relationship book Ooh. i think if you're if you've been in a relationship for a while or it's very, like you know i mean it like it analyzes how people get when they've been in a relationship for a while and the way they talk to each other and the way friend couple friends are as well okay and again especially if that you sounds really, really know anything good. about London, if you ever look, it's very, it's got really good London specificity, which mm-hmm. makes you really feel like, oh, yeah, that woman knows oh, London. Okay. Yeah, it was really, a really good modern it, book. Oh, yeah, it's recently written, is it? Yeah, I think it came, it came out very recently, but it's set in 2008 as well, which is like just enough. Do you know yeah. what I mean? You're like, I remember this. It's really recent. But yeah, she's a brilliant writer, Di- Diana Evans. I really enjoyed that. Um, I really loved Trust by Herman Diaz, which oh, my stepmom, yeah. again, she recommended. And I saw that it had won or had been shortlisted for the Booker Prize a few years ago, just passed me by. And the kind of thing that would put you off is that it's about money, oh. and like a stock trader. Okay. But it actually isn't. It's an unreliable narrator set of narrations it's about who gets to tell stories um it's about the people who a little bit like with wifedom and yeah, george yeah. orwell's wife oh. whose name is eileen o'shaughnessy eileen o'shaughnessy i didn't want to say george orwell's wife <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the people behind who don't get to leave their voice uh but, uh, yeah, it's, re- it's really fascinating biography who writes the biographies um we, I mean, we should talk about that because so Wife Done by Anna Funder, we mentioned last week, is this incredible biography about George Orwell's wife, um, Eileen, who has been written out of history by him and Orwell's biographers. And I'd also like to point out, like, even if you Google it now, people are, are out for her. Yeah. The Orwell lot are out for her saying that yeah. she's ruining George's, George's reputation yeah. and she's, she's like, made things sound worse. And I just, I'm, it's... It's irritating me because I feel like she's just saying a point of view yeah. and people are like, like, how dare you come for George Orwell? And when you read, you know, they're saying it was based on these one set of letters and it's she skewed it slightly. Now, sure, but I think she should be allowed to have an opinion. I think sometimes people are so sensitive. Especially about George Orwell. Because you go, so someone has written a book to entertain us. 
Yeah. And in order to entertain us, they've taken a strong perspective. I'm saying this all without reading him. But um, it's a bit like the monsters thing. Like George mm. Orwell isn't around. She's not slandering someone who's going to be terribly hurt. Well, they're just, they're like, you you know, you're attacking this this great man. And it's like, yeah, she's attacking him and also saying he she what this woman who mm-hmm. edited his work and you know was an inspiration for his work and helped him with his work and when he was fucking in spain was yes. there with him yeah. which is never mentioned in homage to catalonia is is allowed a place in history mm-hmm. and it, i just feel like don't what i'm saying is like please read that book before you join the people leaving one star reviews being like she's yeah. slandering george orwell yeah it's like it's if this man is un, you're not allowed to say anything about him yeah you're not allowed to criticize him in any shape or form yeah I didn't know that Orwell had fans that were like believers. Oh yeah, basically yeah. that's what we're dealing with. Yeah, it's funny. I think until you knock someone off a platform slightly, you don't realise how many men behind, are behind that going, yeah. "Not him." Well, you know, I, th- I do think actually things that are feminist. That is yeah. what happens. That yeah. is what happens. So I would just shout out to that again and yeah. be like, read it. Yeah. On a cheerier note. Okay. We mentioned her. We've covered her letters but mm. I just want to shout out to Nina Stibby's fiction Man at the Helm Paradise Lodge and Reasons to be Cheerful the Lizzie Vogel series which I read all three this year and Reasons to be Cheerful is oh, just such a lovely book yes, yeah. such a lovely brilliant funny like just one of those lovely you can disappear into that world and have a good time so if you're feeling <laughs> feeling me shouting at you about George Orwell is making you not happy <laughs> Head to Nina Stibby's fiction work. That's lovely. Just finally for me, I mm. mean, I did, I did love so many books that I read this year. I reread Secret History. I still haven't read it. it you bought it for me. And, and I went and forgot loads. Forgot loads. It's great. It's great it. with reading. I actually looked at my bookshelves the other day and thought, what about if I get to 50, which is in eight years, and then I just go backwards and reread everything Whoa. I've read and nothing new. You get like a, like a time quake. You could write a book yeah. about it. And so Secret History, loved it. And then um, I'm really into Mick Heron now, really into Slow Horses on TV, but also all of his writing. My last shout out is, we mentioned her last week, but yeah, Catherine Rundle's Impossible Creatures. I keep thinking you say Catherine Ryan. Catherine Ryan's Catherine Impossible Ryan's Creatures. Creatures. But it's Ka- different. Yeah. yeah, Catherine Rundle's, if you're into your fantasy, Catherine Rundle, Impossible Creatures. And I reread, which I haven't read since I was very, very young, Diana Wynne-Jones' Charmed Life, which is the first Crestomancy series, which is so dark and so brilliant and... Oh my god! You forget what kids' books were like in the seventies. It it opens with a steamer going down and parents drowning. So, don't do what I did, which is try and read it to a seven-year-old thinking, oh, okay. um, because times is have changed. Because you have to have no parents to have an adventure. Basically, is that where you have to get rid of parents. Well, that's yeah. Thing? All kids' yeah. books have. So there's a like, big like complaint. Harry Potter, like yeah, yeah. All of them have no parents. Because otherwise all kids' books would be like, something exciting was happening, but mum and dad said I couldn't go out, I had to go in and yeah. have a sandwich. Or you've got someone who cares about you and it's like, well, where are you going? And yeah, I'll, it, I'll protect you. It also was a scary ogre. My impossible. dad told him to go away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It happens in Impossible Creatures. Okay. But Diana Wynne-Jones is like the OG, one of the OG kids' fantasy writers. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't read her, do. And the Crestomancy series is, it's yeah, it's, oh God, it's so good. 1970s classic, I think. I think it's 70s. Anyway, that was my last tiny little geek, the geek section yeah. at the end. Well, there's a huge range there for there's people. There's a huge range. Don't say you've got nothing to Unless read. Unless you're in McEwen. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're on his team. Oh, absolutely. I will be on his team. I'm um, centre. I play centre on his team. <laughs> I'm, I'm wing attack. I'm behind him, but I'm not sure. Um, you're on the bench. I'm on the bench. <laughs> I'm on the bench. <laughs> I'm on the bench. I'm on the rival team, mate. Yeah. I've come to bust your ass. Who is the rival team of Ian McEwen? It's it's me and the fantasy geeks. It's me and Catherine Rundle. <laughs> it's you and hobbits. <laughs> I tell you what, a lot of us on that fantasy, we've got weak wrists. 
I'm looking at Catherine Rundle. She couldn't hold a heavy book either. She's very tiny. If you are listening, Catherine, please. No, she is. I've, uh, she's got weak wrists. She's really tiny. Yeah, but lithe people can be strong. Gymnasts are very skinny. Catherine Rundle. And they can go round. I've only ever messaged you on Instagram. But if you want to disagree about your weak wrists, yeah, come, come on in the show. and give me an arm wrestle. Yeah, let's prove it. <laughs> let's have a let's find prove out. it. And um, we hope you have a lovely new year. Yes. Hope you have enjoyed your year of reading and look forward to a year reading ahead. Next week we'll be here with Mike Wozniak. The amazing Mike Wozniak. And we're covering Hilary Mantel, Beyond Black. Oh, yes. That's very exciting. Yeah. If you haven't read that, get on with it. Yes. So much to read. Also, let's say again, don't feel bad if you are not yes. reading all these books. Yeah. I'm not, I haven't read any. That's why sometimes we Q. tell you the story so yeah. that you don't have to read them. And make a little note on your phone. Yeah, that's what I do. And then when you do have time, like, what was it I did want to read? Yeah, holidays. People like to get books for their holidays. They do say. I'll be just you. He's been snoring quietly throughout this episode. <laughs> if you can hear, that's going to be the rest of his life, Sarah. You talking about books and him being on. Like, yeah. Thank you for reading with us. We like reading, reading with you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Lucy Beaumont. And guess what? I'm Sam Campbell. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you might enjoy our podcast. It's called Lucy and Sam's Perfect Brains. It, we have a podcast and uh, it might be, I, I probably don't want to sound, um, you know, like I'm bragging, but it's dynamite. It is electric. It's high voltage. And please, we really need you to listen. You don't understand how much we need this. Is it on all the platforms? Oh, it absolutely is. But um, yeah, we, th- this one is coming. This one's out now. Lucy and Sam's Perfect Brands.